Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles today and go with me to Psalm chapter 42. Psalm chapter 42, and I want to share a message with you today that goes right along with the song that we just sang together. Today I want to talk to you about what to do when you are under attack. What to do when you are under attack. Is there anybody here this morning that maybe in the last few months or over the last year you felt like you were under an attack? Nobody? There we go. Okay, yeah. Now I'm starting to see some hands and I'm starting to see some some heads nod. I know some of you have been under attack because we've been praying for you and not just some of you, some of us have been under an attack and we've been praying for one another. But what do we do when we are under an attack? And that word attack just simply means an aggressive, violent action against a person or a place. And for some of you over the last few months, maybe over the last year, you, you have encountered an attack from the enemy, a violent, aggressive action that came against you. For some of you, it was physical. For some of you, it was spiritual. For some of you, it was relational. For some of you, it was financial. For some of you, it related to your job. For some of you, it was emotional. This attack that you were under in 2020, and maybe even since we've gotten into 2021 these few days, But today I want to talk to you about what do we do when we are under attack because I would like to tell you that since 2020 is gone, so are the challenges and so are the difficulties that we faced in 2020. But I I, I just have this feeling in my spirit that 2021 is going to have its own challenges. And, And 2021 is going to have its own difficulties and that we have got to be better prepared going into 2021 maybe than we were into 2020, better prepared for whatever attack may come against us. Psalm chapter 42 was a psalm that most people believe was written by David at a time when David was under attack himself. David had a son by the name of Absalom. And Absalom had decided that he was going to organize a coup and remove his father from being the king over Israel in order that he could become the king. And so for a season, for a period of time, David flees Jerusalem. He's living in exile. He's hiding out, not necessarily fearing for his life, but taking refuge from his enemies. And in this Psalm chapter 42, I believe that we find some principles, some things that you and I need to do that we find that David did, some things that we need to do that will help us when we are under an attack. And the first thing that you and I need to do when we are under attack is just simply recognize that we are in a battle. You know, there's some folks that just won't admit that. They think it's a a sign of having weak faith, but it's not. You and I need to recognize today that we are in a battle. 
The apostle Paul said it like this. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so he tells us that if we're going to survive this attack, that we've got to put on the whole armor of God. We cannot leave off one piece of the armor. And he said, we've got to put on the whole armor of God so that we might be able to stand. Everybody say stand. That we might be able to stand against the wiles, the strategy. The plans of the enemy. And I ask you to say the word stand with me. This past year, 2020, going in, the word that the Lord gave me for us was the word favor. And for much of 2020, I preached and I talked about the favor of God. But the word that just keeps ruminating in my spirit this morning as we go into 2021 is the word stand. I really believe that. Because I do believe that 2021 has its own set of challenges and its own set of difficulties and that you and I have got to learn how to stand. And he said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. How many of you know that we can get through 2020 standing strong and standing together, amen, in a way that brings glory and honor to God? But you and I need to recognize today that we are in a battle. That's what the psalmist David did here in Psalm 42, verse 3. Notice how he describes the effects of this battle. He said that my tears have been my food day and night. Now what he's doing here is he's reflecting on how life was before he had to flee. He was reflecting on how good he had it before he had to go to a place of exile. And when he begins to reflect on how things were and how things are right now, he was grieving. He was mourning. How many of you know that if we are not careful, we can get stuck in our grief? It's okay to grieve. The Bible encourages us to grieve, but the Bible also encourages us to grieve not as those that have no hope, but to grieve as people of hope. But if we're not careful, we can get stuck in our grief. We can get stuck in that season of mourning. But the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that there is a time to mourn, but there's also a time to dance. And that we need not to get stuck in one particular season of our lives. But he said this, he said that my tears have been my food day and night talking to us about the grief that he's experiencing, the mourning that he is experiencing. And he said that I've grieved and I've mourned so regularly that it's like breakfast and dinner, that it comes often, it comes regularly, the grief and the mourning that I feel. But he says, my tears, in my, my, my tears have been my food day and night. Notice he says, and they, who are they? Well, they is him referring to his enemies as we're gonna see here in just a few moments. But he said, my tears have been my food day and night while they, my enemies, continually say to me, where is your God? What we need to notice here that was under attack with David is his faith. His faith was under attack. He was a man of strong faith. But now there's people looking at him saying, well, if this God that you serve is so great, and if this God that you serve is so good, and if this God that you serve is so faithful, then, then where is he now? Why has he allowed all of this 
to happen to you. It's a battle where the enemy is trying to convince him about something about God that is absolutely not true. Listen to me, it doesn't matter what you've been through in 2020, God is still in control. And God is still on his throne. Somebody say amen to that. But he said that they, they, they're constantly saying to me, where is your God? And then he goes on to verse nine and he continues to talk to us about this battle that he's in. He said, I'm gonna say to God, my rock, God, why have you forgotten me? Isn't that what the enemy does when we're under an attack? The enemy tries to convince us that God has forgotten us, that God doesn't care anything about us. You see, sometimes that violent that, 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 that violent action that is taking, taken against us is, is not physical, but it's with words, as we're going to see here in a moment, and how the words that were being spoken against David were, were hurting him. And, and, and he said, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy, the oppression of the enemy. Oppression is a word that means somebody who takes their power and authority and they use it in an, in, in an abusive way. And listen, we have an enemy. Our enemy is Satan. And let me tell you what Satan wants to do to the people of God. He wants to oppress you. He wants to use the power and authority that he has to try to abuse you. And when you, press, when, when you oppress somebody, you don't want to just get them down. You want to get them down and keep them down. You want to get them grieving and keep them grieving. You want to get them mourning and keep them mourning. You want to get them stuck in that particular season of their lives. And let me tell you why the enemy wants to oppress you. Let me tell you why he wants to hold you down. Because he knows what God has in store for you. He knows that there is freedom. He knows that there is blessings and benefits. He knows that there are blessings and opportunities for the people of God. But he knows that if he can get us down and keep us down, that he can keep us from the things that God wants to bless us with and the things that God wants to pour into our lives. And David said, that's where I am right now. He said, I'm mourning. He said, I am oppressed. He said, I've been pushed down and the enemy just keeps pushing me down. You know, you would think that when we're in a season like we're in right now with this pandemic that we've been dealing with and some other things that we've been dealing with, you would think that the enemy would say, well, you know what? Maybe we've been a little bit too tough on them. And maybe we just need to ease up. No, that is not our enemy. Our enemy ain't going to just get you down. He's going to do everything he possibly can to keep you down, to keep you oppressed. And David said, that's the kind of battle that I recognize that I'm in right now. He said, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And then in verse 10, he says, as with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. How many of you have ever heard this before? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's just not true. And David is saying these slanderous words that they are saying about me. These things that they are taunting, the words that they are using to taunt me. He said that when they speak those words, it hurts. It feels like my bones are being broken. How many of you know what it feels like to be hurt by people's words? 
to be broken by people's words. And that's what David was encountering here. He said that with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they, my enemies, say to me all day long, where is your God? Now, can you imagine that? That all day long when his enemies would see him, they would say, oh, by the way, David, where's your God? David, where's your God? David, where is your God? Why hasn't your God shown up yet? Why, haven't you, why hasn't your God delivered you yet? Why hasn't your God helped you yet? And we've all been in that kind of a battle, haven't we? Some of you here this morning, maybe you're in a spiritual battle today. Some of you that are watching me via live stream today, you may be in a spiritual battle because there's some that have gotten disconnected from corporate worship. And if you're not careful, when you get disconnected from corporate worship, and a lot of people because of the pandemic, and I understand that, just don't feel comfortable coming in right now. But let me tell you what it has produced in a lot of people. It has produced a spiritual crisis in a lot of people that have not just disconnected from the corporate body of believers, but they've disconnected from God himself. And they're in a spiritual battle. There's some today that are in a physical battle that are literally fighting fighting for their lives. And some of you faced a, a physical battle in 2020. For some of you, it's been more of an emotional battle or a relational battle or a financial battle. But here's what you've got to do right up front when you're under attack. You've got to recognize that you are in a spiritual or that you are in a battle. Because until you recognize that you're in the battle, you're not going to take that battle seriously enough to know how to get through it. So the first thing that we do if we're under attack is that we recognize we're in a battle. The second thing that we have to do when we're under attack is we've got to stop listening to ourselves. We've got to stop listening to ourselves. That's just another way of me saying you've got to stop listening to your soul. You see, we are made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit. Our soul consists of our mind, our will and our emotions. And how many of you know that sometimes your emotions can lie to you? And your emotions can mislead you. You cannot always be led and guided by your emotions. You can't even always be guided by the thoughts that you have, especially if you have a mind that has not yet been renewed by the Word of God. Because if you've not had a mind that's been renewed by the word of God, you can be easily deceived by the lies of the enemy. And do you know what he does? He comes along the same way that he does with David here. And he says, God has forgotten about you. Where is your God? He starts telling you all of these lies about God. And if you listen to your soul, if you listen to yourself sometimes, you're going to get depressed. And you're going to get discouraged. And you're going to get down and you're going to stay down. But listen to what David said. David said, when I remember these things, that is how life used to be, how I used to just have the freedom to go into the city of Jerusalem and lead people into the temple and lead people in worship, lead people into the presence of God. He said, now I'm out here in exile and I don't have the opportunity to do that anymore. And he says that when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. Now listen, I'm not saying it's wrong to express your feelings. I think we all need to be able to express our feelings. 
when we're going through difficult times in our lives. But if we're not careful, we can go from legitimately expressing our feelings and asking God questions to griping and complaining if we're not careful. And that's not how you come into the presence of God. You don't come into the presence of God through griping and complaining. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. But David said, I pour out my soul within me. And then listen to what he says in verse five. And he says to his soul, he says, so why are you cast down? And why are you disquieted within me? That word disquieted means not being quiet. How many of you know what it's like to have a soul that won't shut up? Is there anybody here this morning? How many of you know what it's like to have a soul that just won't shut up? And when I talk about the soul, I'm talking about the psyche. I'm talking about the selfish part of man. That part of man that wants what man wants rather than what God wants. And if we're not careful, that soul can misguide us and that soul can mislead us. And he said, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted? Why are you roaring within me? Because how many of you know when we're going through and when we're under an attack, our soul starts screaming because our soul doesn't like it. Our, our soul just begins to roar and says things that are absolutely not true. So here's what we've got to do. First of all, we've got to recognize that we're in a battle. Secondly, we've got to stop listening to ourselves. We've got to stop listening to our soul. And here's the third thing that you've got to do. Start talking to yourself. You say, but that don't make sense, pastor. You just said, stop listening to yourself. So how can I stop listening to myself if I keep talking to myself? And by the way, pastor, if I start talking to myself, people are gonna think I'm crazy. They're gonna think I've done lost it walking around talking to myself. No, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, stop listening to your soul and start talking to your soul. I'll say that again. Stop listening to your soul and start talking to your soul. You see, as long as David listened to his soul, he was depressed, he was discouraged. And so what does David do? David stops listening to his soul and starts talking to his soul. And and listen to what he said here in verse five. He said, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Talking to his soul, why are you depressed? Why, Why are you depressed? Why are you discouraged, soul? And so why are you roaring within me? And then he talks to his soul and says, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, soul. I'm not going to listen to you, but soul, listen to me. Hope thou in God. And sometimes you just got to tell your soul that because your soul don't have much hope. Your your soul can be discouraging. Your soul can be depressing. And sometimes you just got to talk back to your soul and say, "Uh uh-uh, soul, you ain't going to drag me in there. I'm going to let you know how things are, soul. And so he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I love what David said over here in Psalm 131. You see, in Psalm 42, his soul is roaring. In Psalm 42, his, his, his soul is disquieted. It's loud. But look at what he does in Psalm 131. He says, I have calmed my soul. And I have quieted my soul. 
He said, like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now, what's he talking about? Let me tell you what he's talking about. From the moment that you are conceived in your mother's womb, that is when your soul comes alive is at conception. Your soul is your personality. And that personality begins to be developed even while you're still in your mother's womb. But your soul comes alive at conception. That's why when a baby is born, when they're one or two years old, you can already begin to see their little personalities coming out in them. Because that personality came alive at conception. The soul comes alive at conception. But that's not the case with the spirit. Paul described it like this in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, once we were dead, talking about our spirit, we were dead in trespasses and sins until we were born again, until we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And he said, once we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, he said, he brought our spirit to life. He quickened our spirit. Now, here's the problem. Let's say that you were born again when you were 30 years old. That means that your soul has been the boss for 30 years. But now all of the sudden that you've been born again, your spirit has been quickened. And now your spirit says to your soul, okay soul, we ain't gonna live like that anymore. Okay soul, we're not gonna go those kind of places anymore. Okay soul, we're not gonna act like that anymore. We're not gonna talk like that anymore because it's not pleasing to God. Now, how do you think somebody who's been the boss for 30 years is gonna handle that? The soul does not like the spirit telling it what it has to do because the soul is the selfish part of man that wants to do what man wants to do. But notice what he says here. He said, like a weaned child is my soul within me. What is a weaned child? A weaned child is a child that you've taken off the bottle and put onto solid food. And when you take a child off the bottle and put them on solid food, what do they do? They get loud. They throw a fit. They throw a tantrum. And that's what David is saying here. He said, like a weaned child is my soul within me. My soul doesn't like it. My soul throws a fit. My soul throws a tantrum because my soul's been bossed for 30 years, but now my spirit has been quickened and it's no longer that I listen to my soul. Now I listen to my spirit and now my spirit talks to my soul. And you see, that's where you and I've got to get. We've got to get to a place when we're under attack where we stop listening to our soul and we start letting the spirit speak to our soul, amen? And we do what our spirit tells us to do. We, we, we believe what our spirit tells us to believe. Somebody help me preach this this morning. This is good stuff whether we believe it or not. But he said, like a weaned child is my soul within me. In other words, he said, I'm going to stop listening to my soul and I'm going to start talking to my soul. So you got to stop listening to yourself. You got to start talking to yourself. Let me just ask you today, what do you need to tell yourself today? David said it like this. David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. Why don't you just take a moment right now and just speak some kind of an encouraging word to yourself, not to the person beside you. We're always saying, tell somebody beside you. No, I'm talking about to yourself. And I want you to say it out loud. 
I want you just to mumble it under your breath or say it to yourself. I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, are you ready? Let me ask you again. Are you ready? All right, one more time. Are you ready? Okay, one, two, three. Oh, that's pitiful. No wonder you're depressed. No wonder you're discouraged. If you can't talk to yourself no better than that. Here's what you need to get a picture of. How many of you like the Andy Griffith show? Let me see your hand. Andy Griffith show's a good show. And there's one particular episode where Barney has to get in front of the mirror and encourage himself about how good of a man he is and how good of a deputy he is. And he's standing in front of that mirror and he's saying it as loud as he can. That's what I want you to do because yourself needs to hear yourself this morning. So I'm gonna count to three one more time and I'm gonna give you another opportunity to do this. Are you ready to encourage yourself in the Lord right now? One, two, three. That's better, that's better. Come on, give God a good praise for his encouragement this morning. (laughs) Recognize you're in a battle. If you're gonna survive an attack, recognize you're in a battle. Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Start speaking over yourself what God speaks over you. And then here's the final thing. If you're under an attack today, listen to me, this is the best advice I can give you. Go to God. Get to God as quickly as you can get to Him when you recognize that you are under an attack. That's what David did here in Psalm chapter 42. We go back to the very beginning of this Psalm, verse 1. Notice what he said. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, So pants my soul for you, oh God. Notice, he compares his desire for God to the desire that a deer has for water when it's thirsty. I began to do a little bit of study about deer. Deer are not like dogs. They don't just naturally pant. They don't just walk into your yard and lay down and just sit there panting. There's something that causes a deer to pant. And what causes a deer to pant is this, it's after they have been chased by an enemy. After they have been chased by an adversary, listen to this, they lose up to 80% of their water supply. And so after they have escaped the attack of an enemy, all they have on their mind is water. I gotta get to water. I've just lost 80% of my water supply. I gotta get to water. I'm not gonna live if I don't get to water. I'm gonna die if I don't get to water. I'm not gonna survive if I don't get to water. But not only did it sustain their life, listen to this, a deer knew that when he was being chased, he needed to get to water because water was his way of escape. That if he could get to water, then his enemy would lose the scent and he would be able to go free. And listen to what David said. He said, just like that deer, needs water to sustain him. And just like that deer needs water to provide a way of escape, he said, that's how much I need God. Because God is my water. God is my life. 
God is the one who sustains me. God is the one who strengthens me. But not only that, God is also my way out of this mess. He's my way out from my enemies. And notice what he says now. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Let me, let me tell you something you need to do as we begin 2021. And I want you to do this at some point this week. I want you to sit down and on a scale of one to 10, I want you to evaluate just, I want you to evaluate your appetite for God. On a scale of one to 10, are you a 10? Are you like David that as the deer pants for the water, God, I gotta have you. Are you a seven? Are you a five? Are you a three? Are you down, down at one? Because a lot of people, if we're not careful, man, a lot of people are losing their appetite for God, their thirst and their hunger for God. But David said, my soul thirsts for who? For God, for the living God. And then he says this, he said, when shall I come and appear before God? Do you know what he's saying there? He says, I need to see the face of God. I need to get into the presence of God and I need to see the presence and, and I need to, need to see the face of God. And, and then he goes on to verse four. He said this, he said, because I used to go with the multitude. He said, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. You see, if David had made a mistake, here's where he made his mistake. He felt like he had to get to Jerusalem and he felt like he had to get in the temple before he could encounter or experience the presence of God. And you know, there's a lot of people who feel that same way today. And listen, there's a lot of folks that have not been able to join us for corporate worship because of this pandemic and because of their pre-existing health issues. And it has affected them spiritually. But don't ever think, listen to me, Summerton Church of God and those watching me by live stream today, don't ever think that you have to come here to worship. Yes, this is to be a house of worship. And we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. If we can be here, we need to be here. But we don't have to be here to worship. We don't have to be here to encounter the presence of God. And David is saying, I, I, I remember, he said, I, I need to get into the presence. I need to see the face of God. He said, because I remember how it was when I would go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise and with a multitude that kept the pilgrim feast. But then notice what he says. Again, he says, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. And then I love this next phrase, for I shall yet praise him in other words it's like he had an epiphany here and he said you know what i don't have to go to jerusalem to worship i don't have to go to the temple of god to worship i don't have to go to jerusalem to experience the presence of god i don't have to get into the temple with the people of god in order to encounter the presence of god he said right here on the back side of this desert in the middle of nowhere while i'm living in exile he said if i'll stop complaining and start praising him god will inhabit the praises of his people and i can encounter his presence even right here in the middle of nowhere Oh, somebody ought to thank God that His presence is anywhere you praise Him. His presence is anywhere you worship Him. Hallelujah. 
He said, yet I'll praise him. And look at this now. This is so important. For the help of his countenance. You know what a countenance is? It's a person's face. And of course, we know that David's already said, I just, I got to see, I need to see the face of God. Because he said, what's going to help me more than anything right now is getting in his presence, seeing his face. But then you go to verse 11. And it's the same exact scripture with one little word in place of the word his. Notice what he says in verse 11. He says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. You see, you go back to the last verse there in verse 5. It says the help of his countenance. But then in verse 11, it's the help of my countenance. And here's what he's saying. And I want you to stand before I say this. I want you to stand with me. Here's what he's saying. He said, when I get into the presence of God and I see his face, I see his countenance, that there's not a bit of worry on the face of God. There's not a frown on the face of God. There's no anxiety. And you know what? You can, you can tell Many times when people are going through a difficult time by the countenance on their face. And we know what David's countenance was up until this point. He says, why are you downcast, depressed? Why are you disquieted within me? And so if we were to have seen David's countenance, it would have been quite sad. And that's why he said, I need to get into the presence of God and see his face. Because here's what he's saying. He said, when I see his face, it changes my face. When I see his face, when I see his countenance, it changes my countenance. And the reason why my countenance is changed when I see his countenance is because I'm reminded of what David said here in verse eight. Now understand, up until this point, 20 times, get this, 20 times David uses the name Elohim for God. It's a general name for God. It's a, it's a quite impersonal name that people use for God. But when he gets to verse 8, he doesn't use the name Elohim anymore. He uses the name Jehovah. The only time he uses the name Jehovah, the covenant name of God. And he says, the Lord, he's going to command his loving kindness in the daytime. <laughs> and in the night, his song shall be with me. That was a turning point for David. And it needs to be a turning point for us today to be reminded, yes, he is Elohim, the God who created the heavens and the earth, but he's Jehovah. He's a God who's made a covenant with you to take care of you, to provide for you, to protect you. His loving kindness is going to be showered on you. And look at this, in the darkest time of night, what is he gonna do? He's gonna put a song in your heart how many of you know today that we can sing even in the darkest season of our lives that we can praise and i want the team to come on back out we're going to sing a little bit more but how many of you know that we can praise god we can worship god we can lift him up no matter how dark it is 
He puts a song in our heart and he showers us with his loving kindness. Would you right now just give Jehovah God, would you give him a praise? He's faithful, he's good. Lord of the host, you're with us. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're encountering, come on, let's sing it together this morning. Oceans roar, you are the Lord of all, the one who calms the winds and waves, makes my heart be still. Sing it. The earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage. I know my God is in control. Yes, he is, yes, he is. The oceans roar, you are the saying to you in 2021 we got to stay focused we got to keep our eyes on the face of God we got to live in the presence of God and when we do that we can survive any attack that the enemy were to bring against us father thank you today for your word your word is truth God may our minds be washed may our minds be renewed by the truth of your word father as we leave this place today we leave with our countenance with our face held high with joy and gladness and hope on our faces Lord we want others to be able to look on our countenance and see you see you and then ask what is the answer for this hope that lies within you God may they see that hope on our face may they see that joy on our face may they see that peace on our face Lord and want what we have help us God to recognize the importance of our countenance in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen Come on one more time with joy in your heart. Give God a good praise. 
Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.